Hello. Hi, hello, hello, welcome uh, to another episode of Space Time Taco, Wednesday edition. It's weird. I don't, a, a, <laughs> I don't, I think this is like the most off day we've recorded. It's usually either, it used to be Saturdays and we moved it to Sundays. Well, yeah. oh, you know, we moved it to Sundays once Dave wasn't on the podcast as much because we had it off, we had it on Saturday because of fucking football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Usually, usually we our makeup day is Monday, but it's been a week. Hell, it's been a fucking month, um, and it's we're we're more than halfway done at this point. Uh, anyway, hey, welcome to another episode of Space Time Taco. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, aka Tom Burrito, along with your other host, Nate, aka Little Teapot, eighty nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing. How are you? <laughs> I'm too, wow. Okay, uh, maybe better than you. I guess I don't know. No, I was feeling not the best. I'm feeling a, a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if you can hear. I'm a little bit uh, stuffy still, mm-hmm. but at this point, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, space, space power. I want space power. Yes, I'm quickly just <laughs> looking at news on websites. Um, Anyway, uh, Nate, it, it has been. Wait, when was the last time we recorded? We I re- mean, we recorded after. Yeah, no. Holy shit, Nate! We haven't recorded since not E three happened. I just realized. Oh wow! We just had all of our things that we recorded and posted our reactions to it. So, I mean, yeah. technically, we could go over all of our favorite things from that if you really wanted to. Um, well, we'll see. We've got stuff to cover today. We've got, you know, our biggest thing right now is Nintendo Direct. Um, yeah, yeah, that is literally just happened news from today, you know, uh, which kind of well, works out for it being a, a late podcast week. That is true. I mean, Summer Games Fest has come and gone. A lot of people have already had all the discourse there is to have about the games that were shown off. <laughs> Um, I have one thing to talk about that was shown off at Summer Games Fest because it's a franchise I'm a big fan of. Of course, you have a lot of stuff to Nintendo Direct because you love Nintendo. <laughs> so that's what we're going to get into today. Um, we don't know. We we our, our our train our train tracks never straight, so we'll see where this takes us. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Speaking of never straight, um, Kim got an email today. Uh, it was a promotional email from um, from Pizza Hut. Uh, mm. Its title, the title of the email was Caution. Wait, I don't want to get this wrong. Kim! I don't know if they heard me. Oh, I know it. <laughs> oh okay. Kim knows it, because Kim got it. I don't, I don't remember it completely. You took a picture of it. I did take a picture. That would have been smart. Anyway. It said, warning, the contents of this email are straight. And then it was a fire emoji. But I thought it was very appropriate for them to give a content warning about the straights during Pride Month. (laughs) So, yeah, that works. Warning, this email contains heterosexual content. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was just perfect. It was pretty great. (laughs) Hi, Nate. Bye, Nate. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god. Um yeah. So that was a fun little, you know. Everyone everyone loves a little uh pride humor. Um mm-hmm. I just because just cuz we were talking about the other things that have happened, I I just pulled up the uh, wholesome games website and they I love how they do this. They actually have a little little picture in a click through for every game and expansion announcement they had on the uh the event which is a very convenient way of doing this this is my favorite way of anybody showing hey this is literally everything we showed off and I'm like, oh god mm-hmm. just just scroll through be like oh here's the 30 fucking games that i added my fucking wish list the moment we got shown them um yeah well, instead of going into the news right away, let's uh let's go over some of the stuff we've been been enjoying, taking in, mm-hmm. hopefully enjoying, I want to say. Now, Nate, yeah. I'll let you start because <laughs> this is a sequel to a movie that I fell asleep twice watching the original. Well, so I mean, Avatar Way of Water is on Disney Plus and Max right now. Um I mean, James Cameron, I mean, this is the guy who came up with, you know, Terminator And so Terminator is one of my favorite sort of things of all time. Uh, We ignore everything after two, that being said. Um, And I love that one. There was a really good one. (laughs) With the the female Terminator? Yes, uh, the TX. That was the first Um, one I ever watched. (laughs) I mean, I, I love the way he approaches fiction and the fact that everything's categorical. Like, it's easy for my brain to break it down because it's kind of like the other avatar the good avatar the last airbender in a way where like it's very easy to distinguish the power sets and where people are from and things like that Mm -hmm. just by looking because he's really good at and james cameron mimics that in the way he categorizes his fiction like i know what one terminator model is versus another one because that's the way that terminator model looks (laughs) um that being said, Avatar, like you said, you fell asleep twice watching the original. The original Avatar was one of the movies of all time. It was Dancing with Wolves in Space is what it was. Dancing with it Wolves, was... Fern Gully <laughs> fucked and had a mediocre baby. Yeah, it was... I mean, the movie very much follows, I guess for lack of a better term, a white savior complex. You know, a guy shows up with a group of colonizers, realizes that, hey, they're all wrong. These people who respect nature and, you know, have this, you know, I guess again, for lack of a better term, primitive way of life are better, and so I'm going to side with them and fight all the all the colonizers I was with and drive them off planet. And that's what happens in Avatar. Real quick. Avatar 2. Real quick <laughs> on that. Up? Just a reminder, uh, while yes, they are very, you know, one with the with their land kind of people, um, and mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, not a big fan of the fact that they fuck everything. Yeah. With their um, tails. With their with their hair extensions. Uh, oh, that was be... right. It was their. I thought it, for some reason yeah. I thought it was their, it's their hair. They fuck with their hair. Yeah. Although they're, they're Bayonetta would fit in. Weird shit. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird because it doesn't even make biological sense. Like you have nerve nerve bundles at the end of your hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, Avatar: Way of Water kind of picks up immediately after the first movie ends. They give you this sort of narrative backstory of like, okay, well, we drive all what they call the Sky People off the planet, um, but then the Sky People come back, and shit's bad. Um, and this movie again was one of the movies of all time. It's not terrible, but it's not really something that's going to draw you in and make you stick around for the three-hour runtime. 
now, that it has. <laughs> is it um is it visually impressive? Visually, yes. Um it's a lot of the same, but I think the problem with the movie and the reason why the runtime goes on for long, long so long is it suffers from the Lord of the Rings effect where they're trying to impress you with the visuals. Oh, okay. It's a whole lot of establishment shots, it's a whole lot of look at these pretty things we put in a CG movie. <laughs> um and that can be distracting and frankly boring at times. It felt like I was watching a nature documentary a lot of the times I'm I'm looking at this. Um where Lord of the Rings was a big kind of tourism ad for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, and that's, uh, that's that's one thing I, I, I give, the only credit I give to the Avatar, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a series, yeah, um, mm-hmm. is the fact that, so D- Disney, years ago, before they even bought Fox, because now they actually just straight up own the property in general, um, mm-hmm. before they owned, they opened up the, like, Islands of Pandora or whatever it was called in uh, Disney World, uh, Mag- or not Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. And it is very impressive area of the park. Um, they put up all these like floating sky island kind of things. It looks really good. Uh, and it has probably one of the most impressive <sighs> just sit there and watch things happen around you rides. Um, mm-hmm. They basically, you get into kind of a little harness and you are basically riding on one of those little flying pterodactyl butterflies. Um, which now thinking about it, that basically is what those are. Um, (laughs) beautiful, incredible ride. Um, I love everything about it except for the property. It's one of those things. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad that avatar pushed them to do something like this. Now put it on, put reskin it with something I care about. Um, <laughs> Cause I, th- to me, it really is. Avatar is just one of those visually stunning for what it is. And there's yeah. no substance beyond that. The only character I can name is Jake Sully. And I don't know if he's still in the second one. No, he, he is. He's very much the main character of the second movie. Um, I will say that for, for lack of anything else, I mean, the visuals of course are impressive and for lack of anything else, James Cameron knows how to build believable sci-fi worlds Mm -hmm. um, in the way that things sort of look and they behave how you expect them to behave. I mean, he made Um, the Titanic so impressive people, you know, (laughs) went to look at it. But um, I mean, there's, there's a dichotomy of course, between sort of the old world sort of respect for nature, you know, technology that the Navi are using and then, you know, the very futuristic sci-fi stuff that the humans are using. And this this very much is is almost a repeat of the first film, um, plot-wise, um, with a few a few key differences. There's a lot um, more water. <laughs> well, there is a lot more water, and that's because this takes I mean, this rips directly from like the last airbender in the way it sets this whole thing up. Um it turns out the Navi we were introduced in the first movie are just one tribe, one sort of phenotype of Navi. They oh. are forest people. Um, okay. Where we are then introduced to the Metkaina tribe, which are the water people. And they are phenotypically different from the forest people. And the fact that they have larger arms with like these fin extensions on them. They have larger legs. They have wider tails. Because hmm. they're adapted to live in the water. <laughs> um <laughs> So and we they got, very much 
you know, they go fishing and hunting all over the water. I was going to say, so we got two more planned Avatar movies. Does that mean that they're yeah. going to hit the other? Is it just going to be book, book fire and book, uh, I don't know, air? <laughs> um, I'm expecting them. I, I am expecting them to. It'd be really weird if they introduced what they would call sky people as Navi, because that's what they call the humans. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but, Maybe they're uh, the evil ones. It's not the Fire Nation that attacked. It was the the Sky Nation. <laughs> yes. No, I have a feel there'll probably be something like you know a desert tribe or anything. Like that. The the crazy thing about this movie is the the quote unquote planet it takes place on. It's not a planet. It's a moon, and. Pandora is a moon of a, like a gas giant and the way that the sunrise and sunset works is not like, Oh, it's rotating around the sun. It's rotating around this gas giant. And every time the sun sets, it's because there's a fucking eclipse happening. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, That's interesting actually. And, but anyway, uh, as far as the plot is concerned, you know, Jake's with the forest people, the sky people, the humans return to Pandora. Um, they, you know, cause a big ruckus, like their ships landing with their um, deceleration thrusters, like burn up a large swath of the forest and kill a bunch of stuff. Um, by this time, Jake Sully has kids with a bunch of people. There's a special child in this case, which is actually um, Sigourney Weaver's character's kid. They don't know how she was born, why she was born. Um, because Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver at the end of the first Avatar is like comatose. Yeah. She bonds with the world tree and like flat lines. Um, but she somehow has a child, like a miracle baby. Okay. Um, and this miracle baby has the special bond with the world tree and can like do all these crazy, you know, feats essentially. Um, she's connected to Pandora itself. But uh, when this happens, Jake makes the decision. All right, I've got to take my family and I've got to go on the run because now I've put my people in danger. I'm going to go flee across the ocean, go see the ocean people, the Metkaina and sort of take safe refuge with them. And they make it very clear, like, don't bring your war here, Mm -hmm. right? And that these people, these forest people, now have to learn the way of water if they want to be useful. Because that's how how the Navi set up sort of their refuge thing, right? Is like, if you're going to take refuge somewhere, you have to contribute. Um, And so they start learning things, and they're adapting, and so on and so forth. Wait a minute. (laughs) I just thought about this. Is... Mm -hmm. So okay, can I can I just take a hint that the 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 humans start going after the the water people because maybe there's something in the water that they want to get like a resource. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, so this movie is, is way as the water predictable. is fucking Black Panther two. <laughs> this movie is is predictable to a T because as soon as the guy says like don't bring your war here, I'm like all right, well the humans are definitely coming there. Guess what? There's um, unobtainium underwater too. Well, that's the thing. It's not even unobtainium. They're after a totally different resource this time. They're these Under whale obtaining. creatures. <laughs> like, they're these super intelligent whale creatures. Like, they're sentient, right? And the Metkaina have this special bond with them. Each one of them bonds with one of the whale creatures. And it turns out that these whale creatures have a gland in their brain that produces a substance which completely stops human aging. Like, just oh. stops it. <laughs> And so they have the reason that the humans came back is they have these like essentially whalers now who pilot these like giant airboats and they go out and they hunt these whale creatures Hmm. and drill into their brains and steal this this material from them. The forever. Um, And this is like a huge offense to the Metkaida tribe because, again, they have like a special bond with these creatures. Um, 
there's a whole lot of other little plot points that I'm not going to get into, but the main plot is this, and it's a really fucking crazy one. The humans found out how to clone Navi and then transfer consciousness into them. <laughs> so that's why we see in the trailer, I remember in the trailer you seeing them mm -hmm. like in their like BDU kind of shit. Yeah. So those militarized Navi are not like new characters. They are the main bad guy's squad, including the main bad guy from the first movie with his consciousness transferred into a Navi oh body. My God. Okay. And they make it very clear that these are not the same two people. Like, this whole recom body thing, it's not the same person. This is just a shell with the memories of the first person inside of it. <laughs> okay. Um, now It turns do... out that he also had a kid who's part of this movie. So... I was going to say, do they ever explain... Oh, is... I was about to say, do they ever explain why there's just some white dude with dreads with the Navi? Yeah, so he was a kid who, when he was born, he was a baby and couldn't go into cryosleep, so they couldn't transport him back to Earth. Oh, he was too young. okay. So he grew up with the few like remaining humans left on the planet, um, but very quickly bonded with the forest people Navi and Jake's family, um, and kind of became one of their adopted child, but he was always seen as an outsider because he is just human. He never yeah. gets like a Navi body or anything like that. Um and a big part of this movie is like his bond with his, his dad, who he doesn't really like. Um, is the dad, you know, the bad guy from the first movie. Yes. The okay. dad is the yeah. bad guy from the first movie. Um, and then like how he's going to reconcile that and so on and so forth. It's really weird. It's not like major in anything. This kid like disappears for a large part of the movie anyway. Good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Essentially what happens is, of course, like the humans show up, the mech kind of ready to wage war on them. Jake's like, nah, I'll take care of it. But the war kicks off anyway because they found out like, oh, they're killing like our whale friends. Whale um, <laughs> and a big battle ensues basically where good guy fights main good guy fights main bad guy. Neither of them actually die in this movie. Um, and we're kind of just left with a big question mark at the end of the film of like what's going to happen next. Um, but... James Cameron is not good at writing characters. That's a definite. Um, and there are too many characters to juggle in this movie because it focuses so much on Jake's family and everything like that. I still think the best character is Zoe Zaldana's character, who is Jake's wife, of course, in this movie, because they got married at the end of the first one. Yeah. Um, sh when we get to her like major fight scene in this movie... She goes back to what she was in Avatar 1, where she's essentially an animal when she is fighting. Like, she's feral. Um, but she's also really fucking good at fighting. <laughs> um, and it makes probably the best single action scene in the movie. But like I said, it's one of the movies of all time. If you have, you know, a couple hours to burn and you're doing something else, maybe put it on in the background and pay attention to some of the key parts of the movie. Yeah. Otherwise... Or just look at the visuals. Not, yeah, it's not something I can recommend really getting into. This is not the phenomenon that the first Avatar movie was by any stretch of the imagination. And that movie like was unfairly boosted by the fact that it had amazing CG visuals yeah. at the time. So, okay. Um, so on our, on our five, five star rating, mm -hmm. where are you putting it? Where are you putting it as, uh, as an enjoyable, a three? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this one actually a two. Oh, it's just meh. It, it's meh because again, the plot is, threadbare it's predictable it doesn't really go anywhere there are a few like cool character moments in it but i mean this was like watching a three hour long cartoon wait <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Hold on. Not to say that there aren't good cartoons, but it's not what I expected out of Avatar. Across Spider Verse is a two and a two and a half hour cartoon, so watch your fucking mouth. (laughs) I mean, it's the cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, you know that uh, lines up with about what I expected of that Mm -hmm. movie. Um, I mean, I, I guess there are so many people that love. That you know, I've seen people say that they love that. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean online. I don't think I've met a single person that have, has actually enjoyed it. Maybe mm-hmm. Dave. Did Dave like Avatar? I don't remember. I don't um, know. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, man, you put on. I, I know I haven't put anything on here, and it's mostly mm-hmm. because uh, I have had this issue lately of um, <laughs> no. So we talked about it um, mm-hmm. with everything going on personal life stuff i so out of it so exhausted just yeah dead um all i've been doing the only media that i've been consuming besides just today kim and i just watched the first episode of secret invasion just mm-hmm. started today i didn't think you would get a chance to watch it so i'm like i'm not gonna put it on the list I, I did not um i'm excited for you to watch it i hope you enjoy mm-hmm. it i enjoyed it um i'm gonna wait until we get a couple episodes in maybe we can do like a segmented spoilery cast thingy. Um, mm-hmm. All I've been doing is I, if I'm working on stuff or if I just have it on as background, I literally have been pulling up playlists of um, the Yogg's cast playing Trouble in Terrorist Town. <laughs> uh, just, it just plays. Literally, mm-hmm. I have like, the on their on their YouTube, you can go and watch and just hit a playlist of the entire year's worth of Trouble mm-hmm. in Terrorist Town. Um because it's mean, one of it. One, I enjoy that game kind of gameplay yeah. to begin with, and two, they're the type of people. It's the same reason why I watch, I watch as much Achievement Hunter and uh, Game Grooms as I do. Where mm-hmm. you, they're playing the game, but they're just having random conversations. Some of them can be really yeah. heartfelt. Some of them can be just absolutely stupid. Um, <laughs> and that's mostly Yogg's cast. They don't get really serious too often. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's great for your brain to just keep itself preoccupied or ignore the other stresses temporarily. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But from what I see, you have at least Mm -hmm. watched one thing that I absolutely love the manga for. Uh, How far is, so how do they pronounce it? I call it Mashal. They just say Mashal. Okay. It is just Mashal. All right. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched much of this. I'll admit, but when I did get into it, I was immediately hooked. Um, And that's because, Mashal, I mean, to put it put it in a sentence, Mashal is One Punch Man goes to Hogwarts. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we're, we're in this universe where everyone's got magic, and that magic is indicated by a mark, or several marks, depending on how powerful you are, that appear usually on the person's face. Um, and we meet this kid who's living a simple life in the woods with his, with his dad, or is it his grandfather? Can't remember. His grandfather, I don't remember either. Yeah, but um, this family member of his is does have magic, but Mash, our main character, does not have magic. Instead, he spends all his time working out and eating cream puffs. <laughs> um, man loves his cream puffs. And when I say that this man is a himbo, I mean that to the extent he is all muscle, zero brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is... He is constantly aware enough to form sentences. <laughs> um, but uh, he is... 
incredibly strong. <laughs> he does care. He is incredibly strong to the point where he is able to enter a prestigious and exclusive magic school on the fact that his strength is so phenomenal, it makes other people think he is actually doing magic. <laughs> um, oh my god, the scene with him, I'm hoping you got to him flying uh, the broomstick. Oh yes. Oh my Where he god. is so the way he flies with his broomstick, he doesn't actually have the magic to be able to fly the broomstick, so he jumps incredibly high in the air and then starts kicking his legs. This man is swimming on water. Or swimming on air, I should say. Um, he is just kicking his legs as fast as he can to stay stay afloat and ends up winning this essentially Quidditch match by throwing a ball so hard it loops in an arc directly back to his hand and so he can just keep throwing it through the goal while no one else can touch it <laughs> it's so fucking good uh, yes. and yeah. when i say it's one punch man goes to hogwarts i mean it brings all the hilarity that one punch man brought in its first season where it's just this guy is so strong to the point that nothing presents a challenge to him <laughs> That being said, Mashal does ramp up the difficulty quite a bit on Mash early on, and he does face some things that are slightly more challenging to mm -hmm. him. We see that people do have like the ability to injure him, to cause him some physical harm, but not enough to really stop him. And that's sort of the key, is like the question that we're kind of left with in the sort of middle of the first season is can Mash even get any stronger than he already is? Um and, you know, does magic in this case somehow trump his physical abilities? I think that they're going to lead up to that, but I think Mash will always find a way through because this is this is shown in the way that he's sort of building his posse of friends who all have their own different kinds of magic. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but all I'm going to say about it, without spoiling a lot, is if you're just in... If you want to watch an anime that's great for laughs, Mashal is it. This this anime is comedy to a T. Um, and it does have its heartfelt moments. Mash is a caring person. He's a very compassionate guy. He doesn't really want to see anybody get hurt. He kind of only gets in the fights when he feels he needs to protect himself or somebody he cares about. I mean, the, the main plot that starts everything mm -hmm. is the fact that he has to go to this school mm -hmm. to basically protect his grandfather. Yeah, um, he has to go to school because he's going to be persecuted if he yeah. doesn't. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will spoil one thing, and this is probably one of the more hilarious points: is there is a sort of sorting hat moment in this. <laughs> um, this particular version of the sorting hat has never been confused in his life. I won't say, I won't go into detail what happens. All I'll say is that. The first time in, like, the thousand years this thing has existed, when it meets MASH, it has no fucking idea what to do with them. <laughs> so, yeah, just a, just a funny anime all around, and I highly recommend watching it if you just want... If you just want to have a fucking belly laugh at something, honestly. 100%. Uh, I also recommend... Um, you're just reading it, too. I don't know. It's, mm -hmm. it's a good read. Uh, I literally, when it... They announced that it was coming out, and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And I <laughs> literally read the first chapter, and then um, the next thing I know, knew, I was uh, at the end of the current run, and I had to wait until the next issue. <laughs> I'm like, oh no! Actually, at this point, I probably have like a good three or four chapters to read. I've, I've waited a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I, that's awesome. Um, super excited. 
for well, that to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I've got on the list is the finale of the Swordsmith arc of Demon Slayer slash Kimetsu no Yaiba. Which, damn, uh, I feel like that went fast. It did go very fast. It was only a few episodes long, honestly, but they packed a lot into those few episodes. Um, this arc pretty much almost exclusively focuses on the fight against one of the top 13 demons. I forget what they're yeah. called. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Kizuki, that's what they're called. Um, so it almost exclusively fights on that, and that's because of this demon's particular power set is that he essentially has a split personality disorder. <laughs> um, Literally. The point where his, yes, his, his emotions themselves manifest as separate demons. Um, and so that makes this fight particularly difficult. It takes a lot of characters. I won't say what all these characters do and what they're into in case you haven't watched it, because I really fucking want you to watch this if you haven't. Um, Euphotable just hasn't missed on its visuals. The visuals are still stunning. Everything's great. This arc does have a lot more comedy in it than previous arcs did, <laughs> which does add some levity to it. Which is surprising when you already have... <laughs> what was that? Oh, has Even with the darker moments, yeah. like there's still comedy there. <laughs> um, yeah, there are two parts in this, this arc specifically that I really enjoy. Um, one of them is the fact that I have my favorite character is in this arc. Um, mm-hmm. And we have talked about him before, and you had your own theory of what his special... Yeah powery kind of thing was mm-hmm. um but genya uh yeah. is fan special power fucking tastic um <laughs> special power is black black <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah between that and what is i guess the best way to not spoil it is to say what is found during this yeah. arc um i love that and how that builds into the story um well, it, oh it, my god, I didn't realize Zeno do- does the English voice for him. The English mm-hmm. dub for him. Yeah. When yeah. I found out like how he actually gets his power up, I'm like, this throws <laughs> a lot of question marks up about how all of the biology they've been giving to, to us in the lore even fucking works at this point. Um, that being said, it's a, it's a fantastic way to show off that he does have something to him. Um because we've we've been told throughout the entire thing that it's all breathing techniques for the demon slayers and he mm-hmm. just does he does his own thing in two ways so yep <laughs> um I, I don't know how much Nietzschean musket balls cost but now i want to know <laughs> oh, God. um yeah okay so cool that is awesome that that's done um i'm yes. trying to remember what the next arc is i will is. say Ken Roji's fucking sword is awesome. Uh, the way they make her fight the anime is brilliant. She fights like a fucking rhythm gymnastic. Gymnastics like pro. Um, is that like she's got like a the ribbon sword or whatever? Yeah, she's yeah. got a ribbon sword, and the way they animate it is very much in that rhythm, rhythmic gymnastic style. Like that's mm-hmm. how she fights. Um, but it's also the perfect match for the demon she has to end up fighting. Um, uh, and then there is. An extremely emotional moment at the end of this, I won't spoil it all, but that, if you watch nothing else, just watch the fucking finale episode, <laughs> because Jeez. there's a part of it that's gonna make you cry. <laughs> um, it's just, it's amazing throughout, and, and I really cannot wait till the next arc is out <laughs> at this point. There's 
the story's getting much faster paced now. <laughs> All right, Nate, I'm going to mute you real quick and have you answer mm -hmm. me a question. Just cover your mouth so nobody can read. But who dies? I could have sworn somebody did. Okay, no, never mind. So... Don't worry. No, no, no. I unmuted you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. I swear somebody did, but whatever. Um, I don't know why I covered my mouth. I didn't mute me. I... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know when, um, let's see, Demon Slayer Season 4, I guess? No, because, oh man, it's even more confusing. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it says Season 4, Episode 2 is this season. Mm -hmm. Because I guess the train arc is technically Season 3. Yeah. This is Season 4, so I don't know when Season 5 is coming out. Now, see, this says June 18th. Oh, wait, maybe it is season four. I it's don't know. even more confusing. Episode one come out. It's Demon Slayer season four, season four announcement, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Hashira training arc. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember this one. Um, Cool. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure everybody, because I, I remember early on I told, um, when the last season ended, I told the audience, if you were expecting uh, Sleepy sleepy Genius and um, and Handsome Boar, uh, they mm -hmm. aren't in the, that arc at all. I think they were at the beginning, you got a little bit of them at the beginning maybe, yes. um, but like you don't get anything in that story of them. It is very much, hey, let's explore the rest of this world because we're not fucking Dragon Ball and only caring about one person. Mm -hmm. um, At the very least, sleeping, Sleepy Genius does teach Best Boy a very specific technique. and <laughs> Best Boy just gets better? That... Best Yeah. Um, he even does it better. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, look, it's weird. They apparently breathing real hard can make you super strong, I guess. Um, <laughs> instead man, of just breathing, hyperventilating. Breathing is really important in this world. Um, it's important <laughs> in our world, too, but, you know, um, we don't yes. get special abilities by doing it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe we're all breathing incorrectly. <laughs> um, we got to blow into a gourd for, like, two years. <laughs> oh, God. Uh well, hey, Nate, it looks like mm -hmm. we both have played the same game. One of us a lot less than the other. Um, mm -hmm. I do want to preface this with, uh, I at least I personally, um, have still stood by not giving any money to mm -hmm. uh, Blizzard Activision while they are still under <sighs> fucking a whole bunch of pieces of shit. Um, yeah. I, I technically skirted around that. Yeah, you did too this time, because uh, obviously I normally do because of our fun Xbox mm -hmm. glitch. Um, in this case, a friend of, uh, you know, fucking a friend. I almost said a friend of a friend, but it was just a friend. Mm -hmm. um, purchased Diablo Four for you, um, mm -hmm. so we both got access to Diablo Four. Uh, real quick, because my own hand with it has literally eight levels. Um, mm -hmm. I hit level eight. I, uh, you know, I had fun. I enjoyed it. I it felt like a breeze to get up to that point. Um, mm -hmm. I like the idea of the fact that before you hit level eight, you can just respec your 
your little points however you want um and then you're kind of then you have to pay for it after the fact um Mm -hmm. but uh i hit up hit level eight and then moments later my game crashed on me uh, and i'm like you know what i might eventually get back to this (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but i have not touched it since because it's you know yeah not 100% my thing it really is diablo is a game three i played through the entire thing by myself um mm-hmm. and i had fun i actually played it by myself and enjoyed it this one to me i feel like it would be, be- it is better or would be better with people yeah i mean it is it is overall better with people i can say that from my experience but that's because diablo 4 leans heavily into trying to make diablo feel more like an mmo yeah um you are encountering random players out on the map. There are map, there are events on the map, random events you can come across on the map. Um, after you beat the main story, there are events to do like hell ties and world bosses and all kinds of crazy stuff that you can do with other people um, that you just meet in game. These are not things that require you to party up and have specific people to play with. If there's like a world boss spawn, you get a timer, you know where it is. And by the time you get there, there's guaranteed to be like at least three or four other people there waiting for the world boss spawn. Um, And more people will show up. Yeah, Um, I accidentally walked into one of those. I'm like, ooh, what's this? And I'm like, oh, these are hard to kill. Okay, cool. One shot. Um, uh, Surprisingly, no. It's like, I guess it's an early enough on one that it was like, okay, you you survived long enough and here's prizes. Yes. Well, I've I've beaten all three of them um, at this point, but... um, no, the game is more fun with people. I think the reason that people may have a hard time if you're coming off Diablo 3 to 4 is 4's gameplay also leans heavily into influences from Diablo 1 and 2, where it's very much about knowing what skill synergies are, figuring them out as you build your character, and then gearing around those skill synergies as well um, to sort of make a pretty powerful build by the time you're level 50, which isn't even level cap. Um, <laughs> so... That being said, you do stop earning skill points at level 50, but it's not your level cap. Because um, there's a whole Paragon board. They had, Diablo 3 had Paragon points, but it was very much like the badass system from Borderlands where you just putting points into passive buffs. Um, Diablo 4's Paragon tree is a bit more involved. It kind of mimics the sphere grid of Final yeah. Fantasy X. Dave was um, telling me about that. But uh, it's a it's a more in-depth way of sort of powering up your character after level 50. Um, there is a ton of content still in this game, even though they haven't added anything yet. Um, there's a bunch of replayable content in Nightmare Dungeons. Um, and it's all just about, after level 50, it's all about sort of min-maxing everything. Getting your gear to a point where, getting your gear up, getting your Paragon trees up by grinding out those levels through XP. Um, and generally just, honestly, when you have friends, it's just more fun and technically easier to play even though it ramps up difficulty depending on how many people are in your party oh wow yeah um but uh yeah i mean it's a fun experience for people who are fans of a more classic diablo again if you're going back to diablo 2 and and 1 it's more reminiscent of those games than diablo 3 was but um yeah i mean if you're a diablo fan this is a game sort of built for you um a lot has been made to do, of course, about the microtransactions. Right now, they're just pure cosmetic stuff on a shop, but a season pass is coming later on. Um, so we'll have to see how that's implemented and see if it kills the game for me or not. Um, 
right now I'm just having fun with my druid. It's the only character I've got, and I'm a werebear that smashes the ground a lot. So uh, I, of course, <laughs> went uh, Necromancer because why wouldn't I go Necromancer? That's so fucking cool. Uh, I wish that it worked more like a real Necromancer where when I killed something and I rezzed it, it turned into a, a dead version of that thing, but it's just a bunch it's, of skeletons. It's more skeletons. Yeah. It's very much Diablo 2 Necromancer, but even then, I mean, you get to the point where you summon like frame breaking amounts of skeletons so <laughs> yeah i guess it's it's a lot to get to that point because right now it's like i had can get five and i'm like Ooh, oh yeah. cool no you'll get to a point where you can not only can you just summon skeletons but then you can determine what type of skeleton they're going to be when you summon them so yeah um but uh yeah i mean overall fun game there's something there for every class to play um it does have a steep learning curve if you want to quote unquote get good at it, but um, you can play it casually on World Tier One and just level up a character and have fun that way too. So I think I picked Tier One initially. I would say I'll just give everyone a hint who hasn't played this game yet: do not let the game trick you into starting on World Tier Two. It is not worth the pain you go through on World Tier Two. Yes, you do get twenty percent more XP, but people have actually done real math on this subject and found out that you will level up faster just by running through world tier one because stuff dies so much faster in world tier one <laughs> there is no need to go into world tier two to try to level up your character any faster and after you get one character up high enough mm -hmm. if you have a friend or even just that character you can start running things on world tier three and four with a brand new character and just breeze up to level 50 really yeah. fucking fast <laughs> all right um yeah, I'm trying to think of. I mean, yeah, of, of course. I'm sure maybe you have too. Um, are we we both doing the the? Uh, I don't want to say Zelda grind, but we are s still in that wonderful world of Hyrule. I'm in that wonderful world of Hyrule, and I take it, I take it like I took Witcher because Witcher is such a vast game in and of itself, less vast than Zelda is, but vast enough that there was always something to do, and so I take it in pieces. Mm -hmm. I basically like plan in my head, okay this is the thing I want to accomplish in Zelda today. And I just focus on that task. Um, and so the last thing I did was rebuild Lurlin village because I was like, all right, I got to get 20 logs. I got to get them down there to the guy. Like, how am I going to do this? I did it very, I made it very hard for myself at the beginning of this. Oh, and I found out there's a much easier way to do it later on. <laughs> Wait, what's the much easier way? The much easier way is there is a spot just North of the village where you can cut down a bunch of trees, Right. Um, use Ultra Hand to stick all those okay, all together, yeah. and you carry them with Ultra Hand down to the village. Yeah, okay, that's what I did too. Um, it's <laughs> literally the like hard just... way where I tried to build a truck out of logs. It did not work. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wonder if. Ooh. I wonder if you didn't know about that and you just went and had, or because there are some people that have twenty logs stuck together as a thing, because that's a whole thing where if you set that straight up, you can. But if you auto build 20 logs, does that count in game as 20 actual logs? Because there's a glitch in the game that people are taking advantage of right now where mm. they are taking a weapon that is fused to a prime piece of meat and then mm -hmm. have that fused with a whole bunch of other prime pieces of meat. They hold the weapon or they hold the, yeah, have the, the, the ultra, not ultra hand, the um, auto build thing mm -hmm. start um when they're in a cold place and all of those not real pieces of meat freeze 
and drop yeah. because they are no longer the thing that you're building. Um, yep. And people are prime meat. It's it's <laughs> their way of pe- people are just making a shit ton of money off of that. Um, yeah. I wonder if that counts as real wood then, if you were to already have that at that point. I mean, I didn't because I'm not. I, I have no I idea. I don't have that kind of patience. Um, well, I don't have that much zone eyes. So. <laughs> um, oh man, you are not spending enough time in the mines. Uh, <laughs> well, I've been going down there more frequently now. Like I built myself a whole air bike and all this other crazy stuff, so I can get I around. I still easier. haven't done that. I'm mostly focusing on going down there and mining because I want to get you know all the batteries, um, and then double up those batteries because yeah. you can do that. And as we but, talked about uh, last week, both of us unfortunately had our our games update so we can't yeah. just duplicate zonite uh <laughs> no i mean people have found new duplication glitches here and there but some they get more and more complicated as nintendo keeps patching the game uh some of them are just not worth the effort uh that being said i've been watching there's one youtuber i watch because he always puts out a daily like builds video oh, yeah. um of things that people in the community have just built um there's even a crazy reddit thread now on a hyrule I think it's r slash hyrule builders or something like that mm-hmm. but um they are now having a competition for the most useless build <laughs> um, that is fantastic um but a lot of people have built some crazy things and uh some guy found out a lot of people are using korok fronds in their builds because korok fronds are weightless um but someone found out that tumbleweeds are also weightless but more structurally sound than Korok fronds are, and you can get away with building a lot of crazy stuff just with tumbleweeds in your auto build. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so people have been experimenting with that now. Of course, a lot of people have been shrine stealing the electric motors and propellers from the, I think it's the Jibiac shrine, which can be found around Laurelin Village, um, because you can power those with shock emitters, which turn out to be super efficient. One person has already invented an infinite flying machine, something that just never runs out of juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really cool. But again, there's just there's so much to play with in this game that it's easy to get lost, which is why I do the task setting for myself, because I do eventually want to get to a point where it's like, oh, yeah, I actually beat Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm still on that. Like, am I am I actually ever going to beat this game or I'm I just going to keep playing it forever? I'm OK. There's two camps of the people who like, okay, I just want to go through the main quest, and I want to beat Ganon, and I want to get the story done, right? And then there's other people like there where it's like, I really don't even care about beating Ganondorf. I want to explore all the shit this game has to offer. <laughs> and that's the camp I'm in. I'm still doing photo quests for the stables at this point. <laughs> I haven't done any of those. See, and that's where I want to explore literally everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like... I'm at that point that I'm like I want I want to know how it ends. I have so much of the story that I just want to see the ending. Um, yes, I've also just resigned myself to the fact that Nintendo does not care about the connection between these two games at all. I think you're. Put, I've, I, I feel like you're just putting too much thought into it, Nate. I have put far too much thought into it to the point where I've I've gone through every single fan theory there is on the connection between these two games. And the fact of the matter is Nintendo did not do a good job of connecting them. Um, And even if you read the journals and you look at all the lore bits and you get all the tears, which I've already gotten, uh, it just doesn't make any fucking sense, honestly. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, What was I going to say? 
Well, yeah, I guess there's nothing. That's really all we've been watching, playing, reading, all that fun stuff. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, I'm just like, I feel like there's something that I watched and it just doesn't want to click in my head. Uh, the one thing I know that we both have been watching, me even more, um, mm-hmm. all of the gaming news. Uh, yeah. Obviously, E3, dead. Goodbye, E3. Rest in peace ish. We don't really, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. I, I miss the the uh, ease of knowing when everything was happening. Um, this year, though, I, I have to hand it to Summer Game Fest. It was closer. We were closer to knowing everything on the days that they were happening. Uh, Nintendo mm-hmm. had to throw in a r- weird monkey wrench by just being like, hey, we're doing one tomorrow. I'm like, fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> a week after the fact, too. They could have just done it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and it would have been fine. But no, they got to be weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, if you want, instead of getting... Let, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about some of the things over the last two gaming news-heavy weeks uh, that have mm-hmm. been announced and we are very excited for. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know. Do you want me to start with mine, or do you want to start with no, yours? No, you go ahead. I okay. Talk. Mm-hmm. So, um, we captured this on stream. You even clipped it. Um, I don't easily get excited about a lot of things, but when Armor Core Six was announced, I was just over the fucking moon. I was elated that mm-hmm. we were getting another Armored Core game. Um, that being said, a demo was revealed was playable after Summer Games Fest, an exclusive event. Some people did get to play a demo of the first couple like hours of armor core six, or at least what they were willing to let them play. Mm-hmm. Um, that footage was captured by someone and then sent out to specific people who are in sort of the from software slash armor core fandom. Um, one of those people was a YouTuber by the name of Vati Viz, And he posted a video called an extended look at armor core six, where he goes, he kind of does a deep dive on this demo and all the things we see in it. Um, Armored Core, at its heart, is about, or at least, I'll say at this point, used to be about building a mech, and that build determined how you were going to play the game, right? You could build anything from a light, fast mech that ran around, but you could only carry, like, so many weapons on you at a time, and you had to be very careful about how you used them to something big and tanky, where you had a lot of armor, you had a lot of weapons, big, heavy-hitting weapons, but you were kind of basically a giant target um, for everything else coming your way. Um, What they showed off of Armored Core 6 makes... It it throws up a question mark for me about how much the build is going to impact the way you play. That being said, I know from the stuff I've been told about Souls, the stuff I've played as Souls and Elden Ring and things like that, that builds are important to From Software's sort of game design DNA, right? Is that you're not going to make it very far in these games without focusing on a specific build and play style. Mm -hmm. Um, What we've seen of this uh, demo made Armor Core 6 seem like it's going back to the generation that I played in with Armor Core 1 and 3, um, as far as the way your mech sort of moves around. But they've added some elements that make it feel more like a Souls game. And the only reason I say that is because... Maybe it was limitations of technology at the time. I'm not entirely sure. But Armored Core, the way that it just mechanically played is you had a component in every mech you built called an FCS, a fire control system. And that very much determined what the distance of your lock one was, 
how many things you could lock onto at a time, and essentially how many missiles you could fire in one lock at a time. <laughs> um, later on, it was kind of just the main computer of your mech, where it controlled everything from like the voice of the AI in your mech to a whole bunch of other things. Um, but Armor Core has always had this soft lock system where everything within your reticle you could lock onto, mm-hmm. right? And then you would kind of rotate left and right to switch that locking position. Um, the way it seems to work in this game is you still have a reticle and you can still soft lock things, but once you get close enough to an enemy, there's kind of a hard lock, kind of like Zelda Z lock, where you're focusing on one enemy at a time and you're moving around that enemy now. Mm-hmm. Um, They've added something that seems like sort of Sekiro's gameplay with a stagger meter to every enemy. So you'll do things like fire a bunch of missiles at them to stagger them. And then that gives you an opportunity to kind of dump damage on that enemy with all your big heavy hitting stuff. Um, So it's a little weird. And the reason I say it's divisive is this is not what people expected from a new Armored Core game. They expected it to go back to sort of its roots with soft locking only with things like your turn speed mattering, your mech's overall mobility mattering, your armor mattering, things like that. Um, they've added other features to the game that seem to be some kind of repair kit system, which is reminiscent of Estus Flask and the Souls games. Um, and really big bombastic boss fights <laughs> in this one, um, which was kind of a thing in older Armor Core games, but it was kind of a special treat where you did enough missions to the point where one mission was eventually a big boss fight. If you cleared that mission, you know, you got some good stuff for it. Um, Like upgrades and stuff like that. Yeah. You would get upgrades or just special parts that you could obtain in other ways. Um, Armor Core was very heavy on never giving you anything that felt too overpowered. Even weapons like you could get a laser rifle in the game. Um, there's always been two types of weapons in Armor Core games. You had your solid shell stuff and then your energy based stuff. There were trade-offs to using either one. Solid shell stuff did expend ammo, of course, but that ammo also had a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, where energy had no cost, didn't expend any ammo, it still had a limited ammo capacity, but it drained your overall energy, which meant you could boost less. You were less mobile. Um, <clears throat> all I'm hoping is that this one feels at least in some way reminiscent of older Armored Core games. There was even a mechanic in the original Armored Core where if you went to enough debt, the game reset and gave oh, you a wow. hidden bonus for it. Um, and now, that's how they change difficulty in the game. <laughs> uh, one thing I do know, I can't remember mm-hmm. if you mentioned it when, about the demo. Um, mm-hmm. When you fail a mission, um, mm-hmm. or however it's broken down, you basically can, it just takes you back. You can restart the mission immediately, but you it like gives you the uh, the ability to like immediately go back change your load your the way your mech is built out and then just go right mm-hmm. back in um which seemed like a cool idea instead of having to mm-hmm. like be like oh man i got to start my whole my whole build is horrible you can literally be like all right my build's better let me and we're good <laughs> um which well, i feel like is a little bit more forgiving than a souls game where like if you start fucking mm-hmm. up you're stuck um yeah it, it seems to be more forgiving in that aspect and even more forgiving than older Armored Core games because in older Ar- Armored Core games, um, you could kind of sort of soft lock yourself out of being able to complete things because you would just fuck up your build and not have enough money to build anything better. Yeah. And like you um, said, when you went into debt, you, it was like, eh. Yeah. Armored Core 3 was a little bit more forgiving in the fact that if you bought a part from the shop, you could sell it back for the same cost you bought it for. Okay. Um, 
which meant that you were always getting the same part back or you're getting something cheaper than the part you bought before. Um, that being said, in the older Armor Core games, if you failed a mission, that was it. You failed that mission. You didn't get a reward for it. Whatever you spent on that mission, that money was gone. <laughs> um, and it changed the way the story played out in the game. Mm -hmm. If you failed or succeeded in certain missions. Um, but there was no going back and saying, oh, let me retry this mission. If you didn't have a save file, that was it. <laughs> like, you just failed that mission and dealt with the consequences of it. Um, there was a phenomenal mission in Armor Core 1 where it was less about, like, fighting enemy robots and taking out a bunch of enemies and far more about survival. You had to descend into a facility that was flooded with a corrosive gas. Mm. And when you went into this gas, it would just eat away at your armor very rapidly. So when I approached this as a kid my thought process was let me build the heaviest mech I can build, right? Let me just build something with all the armor. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that made me really goddamn slow. Yeah. <laughs> and that made it so much harder to get through the mission. So I kind of had to find a midway point between let me have enough armor to survive and enough mobility to actually clear the mission. And that was a difficult thing to do because builds always geared one way or the other between mobility or just having raw armor and damage. Um, and so there was a lot of just clever level design in those older games and mission design in those older games that I'm hoping carries over to this new one. This new one, as far as levels go, they feel a lot more open. There's a lot more room to move around. That being said, they do have some areas that are like tight corridors that you have to fit into and be wary of where you're placing yourself and be wary of what weapons you're using because those weapons may fire in like a certain pattern where the walls will block them mm -hmm. from reaching the target. Man, I gotta um, be honest, just every time I hear more about um, <laughs> this game, it just makes me want Titanfall. Like, because yeah. <laughs> Titanfall, I felt like it was just fast-paced and fun. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm obviously, I've, we've talked about this, the, these kind of games yeah. really aren't for me. Um, mm -hmm. I, well, they're impressive, like the, the loadouts, and I mean, those old school, we've talked about how impressive those fucking full like battle station setups where you could control oh, yeah. everything looked the incredible mission thing. <laughs> um yeah but like uh, it just seems like so much um... well I, I will say this it takes i mean it's not a game for met games are not games for everybody mm -hmm. right it's a game that met games are heavy on like customizing your mech down to the t down to paint schemes and emblems and making something where you are literally not just building one character that you're going to play the game with, but building that character over and over and over again for different challenges you encounter. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a loadout game at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and that's just not for everybody. That being said, mech design as a particular genre just hits a sweet spot for me. I love seeing mechs in any piece of fiction. Um, for everything from your Evangelions to your Gundams to your Transformers, I just love mechs. Um, and Armored Core lets me have that fantasy of essentially being a mech pilot, being an elite mech pilot who built my own machine and know and I know how to control it. And you know, I get better as I as I learn better ways to control that mech. Um, but this one, this preview has been particularly divisive because a lot of people have just devolved into now calling this armored souls because it, the yeah. way the gameplay we've been shown feels so much more like a souls game than previous armor cores did. Mm -hmm. 
before this, there was a clear distinction between what is an armored core and what is a Dark Souls. And now this gameplay seems to be blending that together in a way that's uncomfortable for a lot of old school fans. As for me, I'm still excited about it. I haven't played Armor Core, anything Armor Core related in a very long time since basically Chrome Hounds came out on 360. Um, and It's like 20 years old at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Someone even offered to pre-order this for me, and I told them, just hold off on that until I find out more about what this game is actually going yeah. to be. <laughs> um, speaking of holding off on games... Um... Mm-hmm. There's a Xbox specifically uh, showed off a lot that I think we both we both were pretty hyped for. Um, we got our first look. Technically, it's weird. <laughs> Xbox went into it saying nothing was a full CGI trailer. It was everything was either in engine or actual gameplay, um, mm-hmm. and I accept that and we're okay with that because again, everything looked great from you know, excuse me, what we watched. Um, Fable, kicking it off, being something we haven't seen in a while. Uh, from your your guys over at uh, Playground Games, your your uh, little Horizon mm-hmm. Horizon car car people. Um, <laughs> not Zero Dawn. Those are the we make not Breath of the Wild games. Um, <laughs> that's not a knock on those games. They're actually really good. I just you know uh, bad timing. They always keep launching around either a Fable or a. Uh, <laughs> Or a Souls game. Um, <laughs> seriously, if you look at their history, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, that entire showcase, I feel like, was just, let's get everybody excited for every little thing that's coming. Um, but we don't know anything about it. Like, Fable, Fable, we can expect it to, you know, be more heroes kicking ass and probably having morality. Um yeah. This time with more British comedians. Um <laughs> But I think the the game that both of us uh kind of latched on to that we know nothing about again, um, is uh oh, what is the company Compulsion Games, um, creators of Contrast and We Happy Few. Uh we got their the first look announcement trailer of South of Midnight. Um yeah. Which looks like we're going to be playing as somebody with magic powers and dealing with a bunch of spirits um, in like a New Orleans setting-ish. I say setting-ish because it's like, you know, probably not real New Orleans, but New Orleans-like. Yeah. um, In that, like, I love love weird, cool folklore kind of exploration um that's kind of why like i always want to play uh like neo and things all those kind of like even or ghost ghostwire tokyo all these things Mm -hmm. where it's like hey we're taking the folklore and the the spirits of the these tall tales and stuff uh and putting them in this game and i'm like i love that i love exploring that kind of stuff those are my favorite kind of like scary ghost story kind of things um (laughs) Cause that's scary, man. I mean, hell, have yeah. you been on Appalachia TikTok? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, I'm just full of grizzled old men who told me not to go off in the woods by myself. Don't never, don't do that. <laughs> never go off in the woods. Don't make noises at night. Don't, don't whistle. Um, yeah, 
just uh, you know, stay inside the house. Why? Why don't don't leave the house? That's just stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. Yeah, we got South Midnight. Uh, now one game that we got probably the most of out of everything from Xbox, um, was Starfield. Mm-hmm. Starfield was a game that I didn't need to watch anything. I was going to play it based off the fact that I have played all of the open world single player Bethesda games, and I have enjoyed them to varying levels. And I mean, none of them have been like low. The lowest I, is the Elder Scroll stuff. I really only like Skyrim. Um, obviously yeah. Fallout, big fan. Always been a fan of the the Fallout games. Um, and Starfield to me is just is Fallout Three in space. Uh, I say Fallout mm-hmm. Three because I feel like of all of them, since they started doing the big open world games, I feel like Fallout Three was probably the most serious of the the three. I guess. Um, because Four goes off the rails so fucking fast and. Uh, New Vegas is just obviously not fully Bethesda, but built on the same engine and in, within the same world, similarly, similar-ish, um, mm-hmm. but also completely out there. And that's why fucking uh, <laughs> Outer Worlds is as great as it is. Um, but Starfield, in the fact that we got that big deep dive during the event, getting to see the vast galaxies that we're going to be able to explore, um, seeing the the fact that yes you get a ship you can customize your ship to look however you want with all these different pieces but not only is that a visual thing it also changes the size of your ship what you can do inside of your ship um Mm -hmm. the fact that you can recruit multiple people it's not like hey here's your two partner people that you can hang out with it's like no no you can literally build out a crew on these ships um it's just so much that i'm excited to explore and play around in um and like it, it really was like I said. I, it was a game I was going to play no matter what. But now it's like this is pretty high up there for one of my favorite games that's coming out by the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Which like I, I felt like I was expecting, but like more of a because nothing else is really going to speak to me kind of thing. But I'm like, oh no, this mm-hmm. like is one thousand percent everything I wanted in this game. Um, yeah. And obviously, after the main announcement, they did make the confirmation later that day that it is locked at 30 frames on uh, console. Um, mm-hmm. And so for the most part, I I feel like I've talked about this before. My Twitter is much more calm than other people's Twitter, I guess, because uh, I don't if somebody annoys the shit out of me, I'm like, oh, I don't need to see you. Um, <laughs> so when there were a lot of people being like, oh, you know, cause you get the, the, the Xbox haters, the PlayStation fan boy, boys being like, can't do more than 30 frames on a console. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that usually equals a block for me or a mute depends on how I'm feeling. Um, yeah. So I haven't seen too much negative, uh, mm-hmm. discourse over the whole 30 frames announcement. I think it was smart of them to do it as early as they did. Uh, mm-hmm. Redfall, obviously, they announced literally like a week before the game came out, which yeah. was already on top of everything else that happened with that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that they got ahead of it, but I also like the fact that they specifically showed off saying this is running on an Xbox Series X when mm-hmm. they were showing the gameplay footage. And that footage looked fucking great. Um mm-hmm. 
So if anybody's going to complain about 30 frames per second, what well, don't. Just... It looked great. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I never understood the, the arguments around FPS to begin with. I've played Call of Duty. I've played it at everything from... 200 frames a second on my PC to 30 frames a second on Xbox. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make that big of a difference, honestly. Yeah, but Nate, that's just because you kind of suck at college. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it doesn't make... I mean, visually speaking, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I can understand if you're looking at something like a 2D animation and noticing the frames work, but we just watched one of the best animated movies of all time that still runs at 24 frames a second. Not only that, um, purposely, mm-hmm. some of it is just off. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. run at the normal 20, 24. Uh, exactly. Um, and he's the best character in the movie. Uh, <laughs> 30 frames a second is a brilliant choice for stability purposes in games. Yeah, especially in a, know, in a world that big. Yes, if we know that if anything, if anything were to go wrong with Starfield at launch, with Bethesda's history, it's going to be a stability problem. It's going to be bugs and crashes because that's always been their history with big games like this. And so for them to make a decision to say, hey, we're going to lock it at 30 frames on console is probably one of the best choices for optimization and stability they could have made at this point. Um, Chris is... Chris sorry. Is <laughs> I, there was a stupid thing. Uh, oh, doggy. Um, I really had it open up to look at something else, but then I happened to scroll down. And I'm like, "Ooh, what's this?" Easily distracted, Chris. Um, no, yeah, thirty frames. It's you know, fuck it, whatever. I mean, look, what's what's Zelda running at? Is Zelda running at thirty frames constantly, consistently? Probably not. Know. Especially if you go into like Hateno or. Uh, oh, I know it's not. I've seen the frame rate drop in that game, and I mean... nobody complains because that game is amazing. Uh, <laughs> Almost all the features that they showed off for Starfield, all the stuff that it just packed into this fucking game, right? I mean, at launch, no less. Thirty frames a second is the least of my fucking concerns yeah. about yeah. it. Um. So you know what? While we're on the topic of just the Xbox itself, um, obviously, obviously, I say during this they did announce a new version of the Xbox Series S. Uh, we're getting a one terabyte SSD. Uh, for three forty nine ninety nine, which I believe is only like, I think it's only like five hundred or five hundred uh, fifty dollars more than the the last one. Um, and to be mm-hmm. honest, I, you know, I would love to. I, part of me is like, eh, if I can get a good trade in value for the other one, I might do it. Um, maybe. But we've also talked about. I think the the actual uh, memory sticks because that's still a thing. Um, are cheaper or slightly cheaper not ridiculously cheaper but are slightly cheaper than they were at launch uh but yeah. on top of that um just today as long as i can find it because a lot of fucking news happened today um mm-hmm. obviously we're dealing with the ftc microsoft fun fun stuff um but more specifically uh they did announce for the first time, that Xbox Xbox Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate are uh, increasing price. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there is a full... I can post a link, um, but there is a full graph showing every country that it's available in in the difference in uh, price. Um, in the United States specifically, we are going from... For regular Game Pass on console, it's going from $9.99 to $10.99. 
Um, and for Ultimate, it's going for $14.99 to $16.99, which, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Um, I think it's still, you know, it's $17 for all of the access to games. The fact that I have not bought a game on Xbox and I don't know how long at this point. Um, which, hey, they seem to be happy with the money they're making. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are saying part of this is something to do with um, trying to keep in line with PlayStation, because PlayStation, over the last couple of months or years, I think years at this point, uh, has increased their pricing for their plus or whatever the fuck the thing is at this point um yeah uh, on top of that the actual xbox series s is also going up uh starting august 1st staying the same in america um going up mm-hmm. at most 10 percent uh worldwide kind of thing um it happens you know yeah that one that yeah. one specifically they called out it's to match the ps5 pricing um mm-hmm. meh you know, people, they just raise money because, you know, inflation, it's its a thing that affects everybody, everything except for our paychecks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I do want to say real quick, we are not getting into the Xbox Blizzard Activision stuff right now. There's so much mm-hmm. going on right now. It is, one, makes no sense half the time, um, especially because there are certain areas that are still... And by certain areas, I mean PlayStation, they're still calling out, like, the problem is Call of Duty, uh, when it seems mm-hmm. like the only problem anybody seems to have is is cloud gaming. Um, <laughs> but again, not getting into that. It's stuff. It'll happen. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen, I'm never putting... I'm My money will never go towards <laughs> anything from them. Um, which, to be honest, has been pretty easy. Uh Obviously, we <laughs> joked around about, like, not having to actually buy Diablo. Um, mm-hmm. But even, like I said, even after playing, I'm like, I'm probably not even going to touch this thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard to not do things, guys. It's, you know, you stop playing the stupid wizard <laughs> shit. Um, so, real quick run through. Uh, we want to play... Almost every single game that was announced during uh, Wholesome Direct, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think even you said you added you added like thirty things to your. your I added uh, so much to my yeah. wish list. Um, I'm sorry, Wholesome Direct is probably my favorite show at Summer Games Fest. I don't care what anybody says about casual gamers and phone games and oh, you're playing a game for for girls and all this other bullshit like that. It is nice to come home and play a game. Where I don't have to fucking sweat my ass off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, like trying fucking to good. I want to grow food. Exactly. <laughs> Which and if you really want to live your own little like farming life, there's about 20 of those on this list. Um, yes. That just seems to be one of the big things in general. Um, trying to think of one that I want to call out specifically, but right now, I don't know. They made the fucking Wonderful Life game, which is just a straight up. I don't care what anybody. That game is a straight up remake of Harvest Moon: A Wonderful Life. Oh yeah, Story Seasons. Story Seasons. You were excited <laughs> yes. for. Um, if you don't like that version of that game, you can also play Orange Season, which is basically just the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm really upset. I got a a beta, like for there was a night that they did a beta run for Karmazoo, 
but it was mm-hmm. while it was fucking working. It was a day. It was a day while I was fucking working, and I'm like, no, why would you put this at ten o'clock? Why would you put this at ten o'clock in the morning? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here's one. That's I, I'm like I knew it was on here somewhere. Uh, frog song. It's basically Zelda with a frog, and it yeah. looks adorable. <laughs> Actually, give me one second. I'm going to mm-hmm. grab a water and I'll be right back. All right. Don't talk. I'm pausing the recording. You can talk to stream, but nothing in general. You can uh, did it. Yeah, it resumed. Cool. Um, yeah, always every year. Best best showcase. Uh, I wish we got more of those. I think they should do like two a year. Um, <laughs> I think you can still, if you want, uh, they're still selling the shirts and stuff on um, the Yeti that a portion of it goes to mm-hmm. something. And I can't remember. What's it go to? Yeah, I, will... I forgot. I think it goes to Able Gamers. Was it Able Gamers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, $5 from every shirt sold will benefit Able Gamers. And they're only like, what? How much are they? I want a shirt. I want the XL. 15 bucks. 15 bucks plus shipping. That's not bad. Yeah. I'm a big Yeti fan anyway. Uh I a lot of the the like t-shirts, nerdy t-shirts and um tank tops I have are from them. Oh <laughs> shit, they currently have an Astro Boy collection. <sighs> <laughs> what, man? I love Astro Boy. I wanted those shoes. I wanted to look like Astro Boy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember how fucking much those shoes were. Um, yeah. So yeah, that a whole bunch of games from them. Fantastic. Nate, uh, as we, before I resumed, said that he just bought the fucking controller from Starfield. Um, so I did. Okay, enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I think one of the dumbest things that got announced uh, was that it, it basically felt like they re relaunched um overwatch 2 uh <laughs> mm-hmm. which probably was one of the dumbest things i've ever seen announced um not only that they basically re-announced single player yep but and now you have you to pay yeah it was originally included and now it's ten dollars or something like that and i don't know if it's like every mission is ten dollars they're big missions they're like story arc kind of things um but still, yeah. we're not going to get into that. That's just fucking stupid. Um, I personally, one of the games I'm excited for, again, nothing. Nothing yet. Not, no, no, like, more explanation or depth into the game. Just that initial trailer. Uh, but that horror game that takes place on a fucking oil rig still wakes the deep. Um, mm-hmm. It's from... The creators of Dear Esther and everyone's every everybody's going to Rapture. I can't talk. Um, yeah, the Chinese room. That's the the company, the uh, developers. Um, mm-hmm. I love a nice, uh, you know, a nice little little horror game. Um, do I get scared? Absolutely. Uh, is this more of like a story driven kind of one? It seems like it because that is what those that team is really good at. Um, even though they also did Amnesia, Machine for Pigs, there's a lot to that. Uh, it's not just <laughs> jump scares and stuff like that. Um, but no, it, it looks interesting. Um, I like, 
I like being trapped in like not me personally, but in games like being trapped in just hey, this is everything. It's not here's a level and then we're going to move to another level. It's like no, no, this is the entire f- facility. We never leave this facility because um, that usually leads to like backtracking and almost Metroidvania Vania style storytelling. Um, so yeah, that just reminded me. Wasn't there something else that was Metroidvania style? can't really remember. Oh, I found out that, and this one wasn't shown off at any of the events this year, I don't think. Um, Disney platformer. Um, oh, Disney's Illusion Island. Um, I think it was shown off last Game Awards, or Game... Sh- was one of those things. Um, and it looked cool. It kind of... I think we talked about the fact that the, the way the, the movement worked and everything, it kind of looked or reminded us of uh, that speedrunners game. Um, yeah. So from hearing people playing the demos, because they had it at like the days of play for Summer Game Fest, uh, it plays like me- a Metroidvania game, or uh, yeah, a Metroidvania game without combat. Um, yeah. And I'm like, that is an interesting idea, and I kind of want to check that out. Um, I mean, it looked cute, because, I mean, it's, it's Disney. Uh, it's just Mickey, Mickey, Goofy, Donald, Minnie. Um, all of them are animated differently. None of them have special abilities. They all play exactly the same. Hold on one second. Uh, so that is on my, on my definitely want to playlist. Um, along with speaking of just that specifically Metroidvania kind of, or no, sorry, no combat. Um, we got another look at Cocoon. Um, do you remember this game? I do. Okay. Um, a couple years ago they showed it off, and we didn't really get much of it. It just looked pretty. Um, but now we got a lot more of the fact that it's it's a... Uh, you kind of jump into different worlds, using these worlds to power up other worlds. Um, but again no no actual like you attacking anything. There are bosses that you have to defeat, but you use other things within the like boss arenas. Um you mm. aren't specifically like I got a gun, blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's more of oh this area has water orbs and this guy doesn't like water. Uh <laughs> someone from Florida. I got some gun, blah blah blah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's like alligators, right? Um, <laughs> hey, alligators get guns. Florida is over. <laughs> it might be better. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that looked great. We got a little bit more of that during the Xbox conference again. Um, yeah. Uh, before I go on to the bulk of news with Nintendo, um, the bulk of new news. Was there any other? game you specifically want to count call that yeah, call out um there, nothing really comes to mind off the top of my head i mean we saw so we saw so games. much that we're so excited for um and it's it's hard to really pack all everything we were shown into a podcast period oh yeah i mean there's there's so much content out there and so many games are coming out and the only thing I dread is a lot of this stuff. Once again, we kind of got one big release recently of a bunch of really cool games coming out. Mm-hmm. 
and then later this fall we're getting kind of the same thing um and it sucks because it's kind of like i gotta pick and choose like what essentially what i'm gonna have like the worst fomo about (laughs) like what do i need to play now so it isn't spoiled for me later and so i can join in you know the discourse around those games um versus like what can i wait on the stuff that's you know going to be on the back burner for me um it's difficult to decide i mean there's still stuff in my steam library that i haven't even touched yet Uh, so don't even bring that up (laughs) it's just it's a lot i'm planning on getting a i always say this like i'm planning on getting a vr headset and like i need to prep for that too and that's a whole library whole extra library of games that i need to need to focus on yeah yeah um yeah i I ignore, not ignore, I just accept that I'm not going to get through all my Steam library. But that's because I buy so much stuff when it's on sale. Um, mm-hmm. And I have so much that I'm like, all right, we are going to play so many of these during like Extra Life and stuff like that. And we just never do. We go back to games that we normally play or things that we're comfortable with. Um, there is a specific yeah. game that I'm going to bring up, or actually maybe two, Um in Nintendo that I'm like, this might be on rotation. Uh, and it mm-hmm. does release just in time uh, for the event that we haven't announced yet because we haven't planned it out because things. Um, <laughs> at least, hey, at least this year I have reasons for why we're not prepping earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, today we got our second main Nintendo Direct of the year. Uh, the first one it's kind of a blur. All I remember is that Zelda was there and Zelda was Zelda, Zelda. Um, and now Zelda is here and we can move beyond Zelda into the new, new, uh, <laughs> um, did you catch any of this? You said you kind of thumbed through. I, I kind of flipped through it. Um, okay. I mean, uh, the, you, the bigger stuff we'll talk talking. about. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, we're going to go through a little bit fast. Everything is listed here. I'm just using the everything at Nintendo article from Kotaku because um, they are pretty good at keeping everything in order of how it goes. That's I hate when I go to the website and it's like, here's just what we think is the best and then we list it in a different order under. I'm like, no, no, no. Go from beginning to end because that's how I watched it. <laughs> Do it the right way. Um, so, hey, you know, congrats to Kotaku. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but no, we started off with uh, getting a little bit more of a look at the expansion, um, the Hidden Treasure of Area Zero, the two-part expansion pack for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, still no date, which is slightly upsetting, um, but we got a look yeah. at the first like festival event where we get three new spirity Pokemon, and then the, the fourth who is a mystery and we don't know what it really looks like uh within the teal not the teal mask yeah the teal mask um Mm -hmm. and on top of that or the the second part that'll be the first one we get uh second part um i forgot the name of pokemon violet dlc (laughs) Uh, Indigo Disc I forget like I don't know why that one just doesn't stay in my head because it's a stupid name um yeah Indigo Disc you are going to a super high tech learning facility uh which is basically on this little floating not floating it's kind of like an oil rig um but it's just a floating base kind of thing in the middle of the ocean uh where it's a giant terrarium split into four different biomes um Mm -hmm. people have said they they're getting they're kind of getting a uh a giant safari zone vibe from it um 
I'm hoping it plays more like just regular, I say regular Pokemon, now regular Pokemon, where you don't have to worry about, like, time or anything like that. You can just go in and fuck around and yeah. catch as many Pokemon as you want, um, which is, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the way that that plays. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I just realized if you look in the, I didn't notice this during the original thing, but the video they have, uh, the screenshot, there's a statue of a Growlithe, um, mm -hmm. but it is the ancient Growlithe version from Pokemon Arceus. Uh, no. I, that doesn't mean they were going to get him in it. It's just more the fact that I'm like, oh, that's cute that they are like connecting to that world, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Uh, we got a little bit more of Super Mario, or Super Mario, <laughs> Sonic Superstars. Still looks great. Um, you know, 3D, 2D Sonic. Yeah. yeah, I've heard good things. People seem to enjoy it. The upgrade thing seems interesting. Um, Palia, Palia, Palia. <laughs> free to play uh I, i'll be honest this one actually looked really i i kind of am into this uh it's kind of just a free to play farming sim um mm -hmm. but with exploration and robots um looked fun it looks like it's a, you can play it as like an online game i don't know how much beyond that they didn't really show too too much um that is the one thing i do like about these directs that they kind of just move past it's like hey smaller game smaller game smaller game here's the big one smaller game smaller game smaller game um another look at persona 5 Tac tactica man uh i forgot about this game because it had been announced before myth force which mm. is a really cool saturday morning cartoon old school like he-man looking uh yeah. four player <laughs> i think they said it was a roguelike um, mm -hmm. oh, I know it looks fun. I, I'm kind of excited to get my hands on that one. <laughs> uh, that one comes out later this year. Uh, got the new Splatfest. You know what? The, yep. You're excited for that, right, Nate? Of course. All right, Nate. It's an ice cream themed Splatfest. What are you going to vote for? Vanilla, strawberry, or mint chocolate? Mint, it's mint gonna shit. Be straws. It's going to be strawb. Now, you may be asking yourselves, why wouldn't it just be vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate? Because you don't want the entire map to look like it's just covered in shit. <laughs> I, it popped up and I'm like, the three flavors. I'm like, fucking ch mint chip. What? Why? And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. Almost. Mint chocolate is also probably one of the most polarizing ice cream, cream flavors on the planet. I know so many people that love it. It's so weird. There's um, an entire joke in the anime about liking versus not liking in an anime about not liking God. versus liking mint chocolate <laughs> uh one of the bigger announcements that i kind of wasn't expecting um and already mm. has a release date of october 6th detective pikachu returns um yeah i forgot that they were working on this game uh i am annoyed because they did not give the voice to danny devito it's okay we'll move past it uh looks cute I don't know if I'd play it. I, I never played the original one. If they ported the original mm -hmm. one over, maybe. Because, uh, you know, it seems like they want to do some cool little remakes and ports. Uh, oh, speaking of which, fucking Super Mario RPG. Yes. <laughs> I wish I... that you were live with me in recorded reaction, because I feel like that is one of these random holy so... shit moments for you. When I heard about this, I almost had a fucking breakdown over it. Um... Super Mario RPG is a very personal game for me. <laughs> um, 
the short story behind this is my first ever trip to Colorado to the town I was born in, um, Fort Collins. Um, we stayed with my mom's friend who at the time lived at the base of one of the like bigger mountains of the Rocky mountain range called Horsetooth mountain. Um, and like as much as I enjoy Colorado and exploring the surrounding area, there's a lot of great stuff to see out there. She had a super Nintendo mm. and she had super Mario RPG. Now, as a kid, I was like maybe, I don't know, like less than 10 at the time. I didn't understand. I knew what a Super Nintendo was. Yeah. I didn't fucking understand like what game I was playing. I just knew it was a Mario game. But that is the game that got me into turn-based RPGs because not understanding it but still having fun with it <laughs> um, was amazing. I didn't know anything about what was going on in the game. I was just having fun playing Super Mario RPG. And to know that Nintendo is remaking that game like besides zelda that will be in my switch <laughs> <laughs> you'll be like zelda Woo, zelda fuck zelda you need zelda anymore uh super mario tears of the rpg um oh, God. <laughs> but yeah super mario rpg biggest announcement for me at nintendo direct this year okay that's good to hear i mean i, I like that it, it's fun to see you excited for stuff um <laughs> It's rare. We've talked about it. I've, I've only ever seen it like once. Um, <laughs> but no, this, it looks fantastic. Uh, it really does look like it's keeping the, the gameplay style exactly the same and just making it look great. Um, I love this like kind of shrunk down style that they've given Mario and Peach. Um, Bowser obviously just looks exactly the same because he's already kind of punched over. Um but it, it's cool to finally see, like, this is a game that people have been wanting to wanting more of or having access to for such a long time now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's something that I, because I didn't really have access to it, I never did play it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm excited to finally maybe play this game. Because uh, this, this game led to some of my favorite Mario games, like the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Um, yeah. Which, jeez. Oh, Paper Mario, uh, yeah, is... Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, stuff like that. So many good games came out of this existing because basically Nintendo was like, "Oh, we can do more with Mario than just have them running around and jumping on people." Um, so yeah, I'm super excited for that one. Uh, along with that, we got the announcement of super kind of not expected. Um, we're getting a Princess Peach game, new Princess mm-hmm. Peach game. It's been quite some fucking time uh the last one was back on i believe the 2ds uh and is so hard to find because they only made like 500 of them or some bullshit like that um yeah we don't know what the gameplay is really going to be like super much uh if you just saw on the stream or the video that little bit that you just saw is all that it is there really really wasn't Mm -hmm. more than that um Oh, really? You don't have the fucking YouTube video for that? Thanks, Kotaku. Uh, <laughs> to me, personally, while I'm excited for Super Mario uh, RPG, one of the games that I am most excited for that they announced is the fact that they are porting Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon over to the Switch. This is a 3DS-only mm-hmm. game. I have old man eyes. I could not play games on 3DS for long periods of time, so I never got my hands on this. I absolutely loved the original 
Luigi's Mansion. I played through it about 30 fucking times on the GameCube. <laughs> um, so when they announced this one, I'm like, yay! And then I'm like, oh no, my eyes! Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, now we have three, which is a game I have not played because part of me is like, I want to play two first. I want to play two first before I touch three. And now I can. I can finally play two. Um, yeah. More quick announcements. Uh, fucking Batman Arkham Trilogy is coming to the Switch. <laughs> okay, they're porting it again. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, I never played the third one. Will I play it on here? No. Um, another announcement did not see coming. They are making a uh, video game version of Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. Huge... Like, I'm talking not only in popularity, but also literal size, a uh, huge tabletop game. Um, yep. Kind of always interested in it because it is one of those, it, it's very much not D&D, but it is a, mm-hmm. you can continuously play this kind of game. It is a very legacy style game. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Just Dance 2024 edition. Um. <laughs> uh. What, oh yeah, this was that. It looked cool, but again, it's an RPG that I would never play. Silent Hope. Something about mm-hmm. this whole world has no voice. I don't know. Um. We got another look at Fay Farm. Excuse me, Fay Farm, which is another fantasy farming game. Um. Which I don't remember where we saw it first, but I think we saw it three times this week that weekend. Uh. And we don't need to see more. Uh, got a little <laughs> little look at Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbocharged, which, if you never played the first one, it's actually a really fun racing game. It's um, ridiculously fun. <laughs> it's so it's so stupid fun. I love it. Um, I oh yeah, this one, this this game actually looked kind of cool. Not my kind of thing, but this definitely made me think of like a you you Dave and Reed playing uh, mm-hmm. Manic Mechanics, which is basically. Yeah that cooking game, but you're a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, super cute. Um, never, I will never play it just because I don't like those games. They're, they're games dr- fueled by anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I don't do, I don't do those. Um, <laughs> speaking of other games that I have anxiety about playing, uh, Mario and Rabbids sparks of hope DLC got shown off. Uh, it's called the, what's it? Spark Hunter? There it's behind the thing. Oh, the last Spark Hunter. Sorry. It's like behind the play button. Um <laughs> which uh I don't know if you saw recently, uh they Ubisoft basically Eves Eves Gilmont came out and said that um Nintendo kind of told them not to release this game on this console, because this is the second game in the series. Uh and basically told them maybe you should wait until the next iteration of our console. Um course the internet run ran with that and was like oh we're gonna get an announcement soon um we did not get an announcement of the new hardware it's okay it will come when it comes the switch mm-hmm. is great and we still have so much come coming to it for some reason not wind waker or print or twilight princess but that's a whole other fucking thing mm-hmm. um i just need everything to take what the switch did for vibration controls and just apply it <laughs> Yeah, I that was one of those like I you know what they didn't even show it off during this but one one two switch everybody one two yeah. switch uh is coming which is like the follow up to one two switch was was a Dude, launch title which I used still, that vibrate so much I still love one two switch to this day just 
having a game that you play a lot of mini games that you play strictly by tactile feel. Yeah. I thought that was like such a, a whole cool new idea. <laughs> and nobody else did it. And sadly, nobody else mm-hmm. on the Switch did it either. Um, yeah. Speaking of things that other people are doing on the Switch, uh, you like Pokemon? What if you put Pokemon but Dragon Quest? Uh, <laughs> and I will admit, this is the first time I've ever wanted to play. Oh, sorry. Second time I've ever wanted to play a um, Dragon Quest game. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's, it looks cute. Um, the only other one is that Dragon Dragon Quest build, which felt like, mm-hmm. oh, it's trying to be Minecraft. It wasn't. It was okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say, the game that did get me super excited, and I cannot wait for it, um, Pikmin 4 looks absolutely fantastic. Um, mm. I love the fact that they are getting rid of the you have to be back home at your base by nighttime. Now it's just nighttime is just more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like your favorite game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I never really played much Pikmin because of the whole time-based activity kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then years later, uh, we had a wonderful game called... Um, I forgot what it's called, Nate. What is that weird platformer but they're all flat images tinykins 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 is basically pikmin without uh without time constraints um Mm -hmm. and i loved it and that made me immediately just want to play pikmin and i'm like oh but there's really not a good pikmin out um but now we got four coming by the end of the year uh Mm -hmm. on top of that though nate we're also getting pikmin one and two (laughs) Yeah, remasters of both I mean, Pikmin one and two from GameCube are coming over, and now you will be able to play all four Pikmin on one console. Do you hear us, Nintendo? If you can put all the fucking Pikmin, you can put all the fucking Zelda. There are only eight games left, and people only care about like four of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. Five. They care about five of them. Uh, we got, like I said, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. And tell me you don't want to play Four Swords Adventures. See that—that's the thing. I do, but people don't <laughs> seem to care. Because um, there's Triforce Heroes, Four Swords Adventures, Four Swords something other mm-hmm. orgy. Um, but yeah, you got Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, uh, Spirit Tracks, and Phantom Hourglass, mm-hmm. which both are great games. I do say that those are great. Um, what I want of all the handhelds, I would love if they just put, um, just put. Between Worlds, Link Between Worlds, mm-hmm. um, because that is a direct sequel to Link to the Past, and yeah. I've never played it again because I have old man eyes and I can't look at tiny screens. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we got another announcement of, I say it this way, it may, it'll make sense, Metal Gear Solid Master Collection, um, Volume mm-hmm. 1, same exact thing as every other console. I'm upset because we are not getting Metal Gear Solid 2 Twin Snakes, which was a GameCube exclusive and has never been released afterwards. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's just slightly upsetting. Whatever. Um, it did confirm that you will be able to play the original Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, as well as uh, Snake's Revenge. Um mm-hmm. They announced Vampire Survivors coming to the Switch. Great game. Absolutely yep. loved it. Um, <laughs> one of the games that I'm kind of hoping is uh, able to be played on locally uh, multiplayer, Headbangers, Rhythm Royale, fucking 
<laughs> endless amounts of stupid goddamn pigeons. Um, <laughs> I love it. It looks ridiculous. Uh, I am going to show gameplay for this on the screen. Fuck you. We're going right into this. Look at these weird motherfuckers. I want. There's you like during... you actually stepped away. This was on Summer Game Fest as well. Oh, this was during Summer Game Fest. Oh, yeah. um, I immediately realized that it was a Team Seventeen game because mm-hmm. uh, they have um, worm skins. Um, yeah, you look, you got a little worm in there. It's, oh my mm-hmm. god, I'm so excited to play this stupid ass game. It's a bunch of rhythm based mini games. Yeah, um, which is fun. Uh, it's not yeah. Rhythm Heaven. I wish it was Rhythm Heaven. Rhythm Heaven is <laughs> one of the greatest games of all time. Just saying. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, just stupid fun games, always great. Um, we got weirdly, it, we got a little bit more time with this, and I'm glad we did. Uh, Penny's Big Breakaway. It looks mm-hmm. like just a random platformer game. It is from the people that worked on um, Sonic Mania, which yeah. people consider like the best Sonic game that has come out in the last like 20 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably longer. I don't know. It looks fun. Uh, you and your little magic yo-yo running away from a various a, a variety of penguins. Because, um, you know, penguins are evil inherently. Um, <laughs> I've watched enough Adventure Time. Uh, but yeah, it looks great. Um, we got look at a new course in uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which, just as a reminder, we are not going to get a new Mario Kart game on this console. <laughs> um I agree with other people online that we might not even get one on the next one. It might just be Mario Kart no. 8 Deluxe Ultimate. <laughs> I mean, at this point, they're just they're adding things to Mario Kart 8 to the point where it's kind of they hit peak. I mean, there's not yeah. much more you can do to Mario Kart. Maybe bring back fucking twin racing again. But <laughs> Exactly. I would love if they were able to add the twin racing um, ability mm-hmm. into this. Oddly enough, we are getting from Double Dash, we are getting... Uh, my mind just blanked. Um, PD Piranha. Uh, love PD Piranha. Who doesn't love PD Piranha? Uh, we're also getting Wiggler from Mario Kart 7, which was the handheld version. And we're also mm-hmm. getting Comic from... Kamek. 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 Uh, from the Mario Kart Tour mobile game, which is kind of interesting that we're finally we're getting something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Got an announcement of Star Ocean Second Story R. I don't know. Are you a Star Ocean person? Not really. No. Uh, um, it looks cool. It, it's one of those. I I will never play them because I don't like. Again, not a big turn based guy. I love that um, the two D sprites on three D worlds. Uh, I can't remember the term. Oh, two point five. That's two point five. Two point five D. Yeah. Uh, um, I love that style. It looks great. Yeah. JRPGs are just. I mean, it's, they're, it's they're just lot. too fucking long. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I love. I love the world building in them. I love the character designs and all that cool stuff in them. But god damn, these games are so goddamn yeah. long. Um, you know what's not long, Nate? What? Playing a round of Wario Move It. Wario, so WarioWare Move It. WarioWare is back. So this specifically is the game that I was mentioning earlier where it literally comes out what I think is going to be our um, Extra Life Day this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am super excited for this. Uh, we have four controllers, which means we yeah. need another four controllers to play a full four four player match. Um, mm-hmm. We can also do like the two player co op thing, or just one on one, whatever. Uh, 
it looks great. I love these games. It is always fun to play these games. Um, They're just absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Well, they're ridiculous. They're fun. Wario, the original WarioWare on 3DS got me through like a six hour playing flight. So Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Um, This, this, this is why Uh, this is the series that, like explains why we don't have more elite beat agents or rhythm heaven. Mm-hmm. It really is quick. It all gets stuck in the warrior. Five seconds. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, super excited for that. Uh, it comes out later this year, November 3rd. Um, for some reason, they spent a little bit of time talking about Nintendo live Seattle, which if you want to go mm-hmm. good fucking luck, um, <laughs> I would like the lot to see the live stuff, but that's about it. Uh, mm-hmm. We got the announcement of two new Amiibo. No DLC still. No DLC for Tears of the Kingdom, which is surprising since the first game we got it literally the day of release. Um, mm-hmm. Or like around the same day of release. Uh, yeah. But we got a Zelda and we got a Ganon. Um, sorry, Ganondorf. Um, cool. The Ganon is kind of doesn't look the greatest quality. I'm hoping it is like an early mold kind of thing. Uh, Zelda looks interesting because she's like floating and she's got the Someone's going to 3D scan it, make it an STL, and people will be printing them in no time. So, <laughs> okay. Um, looks great. Hey, excited. I would love to get more because uh, they're cute. Um, and then we have one more. <gasps> I didn't notice that little dude. He's adorable. Uh, last announcement of the game or of the show. Biggest announcement, in my opinion. New 2D Mario, but not just a new 2D Mario. Completely new style, new art style. Everything is different, and I love it. Um, I know I'm sure some people online are probably going to complain about it. Fuck them. Um, I love these little piranha <laughs> plants running after him. He's adorable as shit. Uh, I think it looks so cool. I love the the arts the art change. Um, and I feel like it's been long enough that we needed a, a new update. Because uh, I think we've had about four four games in the new Super Mario style. Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see this. I love the running animation. You can see all the different little people have kind of broken down and showing like the three different steps of his speed. Um, but one of my favorite yeah. things about this, I love when Mario games get fucking weird, and this Mario game gets fucking weird. Um, <laughs> you got you have you take like a you basically take drugs, and then shit happens in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you can like we got growing shrinking world. We got. I'm a little ball of spikes. You got, for some reason, warp pipes that are, are inchworms now. Um, so, yeah, I no idea how many different kind of abilities and stuff that's going to happen. But Super Mario Bros. Wonder um, looks like you can play up to four players again. Uh, Mario, Peach, Luigi, Toad playable. Most importantly, Daisy. Daisy is finally playable. Um who knows yeah. if at one point you can unlock like fucking uh, Rosalina again. Um, they are keeping the uh, whole crown system. So if you are the one that beats a level first, you get to keep the crown. Um, people are unsure because there is a moment where you see four Yoshis on screen. Um, mm-hmm. People aren't sure if Yoshi is a playable character or just unlockable because you do have a crown. Yeah. Um, that, you know, we'll find out later. Uh, and of course, one of the things that the internet for some reason is going crazy for, um, Mario, Mario turns into a 
into a, a an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The internet's weird, man. Who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, I'm glad that, you know, they're doing another 2D Mario. These games are always phenomenal. And again, like you said, Mario is best when it gets fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, how... you, we were just talking about Super Mario RPG. That is a yeah. weird fucking Mario game. It's, it's a weird Mario game. But when they start just realizing like, hey, we've hit peak with power ups. Let's just toss some bullshit in. That's when Mario's at his best, honestly. Yeah. Cat Mario, man? I fucking love Cat Mario. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I Midnight release? Oh, my God. I will never forget midnight release for the Xbox One. I pick up my Xbox One in my copy of Super Mario Bros. <laughs> with my cat ears on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. I... It, I've seen a lot of people, like, back and forth, some people loving this Direct. I fall into that this was a fantastic Direct. Um, I think there was enough for a little bit of everything for everybody. There were some things that... It, I, unfortunately, there are some things that were kind of leaked. We kind of... We knew that there was going to be a Super Mario port uh, or remake. People were leaning towards it being Super Mario RPG, so that wasn't super catching me off guard. Um, I didn't think we were actually going to get the Mario, uh, 2D Mario. There was That was one of the rumors that I'm like, I feel like that would have been announced already, but I'm okay with it because, holy shit, I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, that was the Nintendo Direct. Um, yeah, obviously, we. I feel like we both have the games that we're most excited for, uh, which we already talked about. We literally, you said, you talked the most about it, and then I talked the most about mine. Um I'm finally going to play Mario RPG. I'm excited for that. That that does mm-hmm. add to that for me. Uh, and then, of course, I'm... And now here's the thing. I still have my other my other game voucher. <laughs> Do I use it on <laughs> Mario Wonder? I think I might use it on Super Mario Wonder. If I Super mean, Mario Wonder is a $70 game, I am 100% using it on Super Mario Wonder. <laughs> I, I don't see why not. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, they showed off some really cool stuff at Nintendo Direct. Um Nintendo still kills it with their first party titles. Um, there's just there, there's nothing like sitting down really and playing a Mario. Um, <laughs> and from 2D to 3D, they made perfect transitions back and forth. I mean, we're getting Super Mario RPG again, and they've done phenomenal work with making Mario an RPG. Mario has Mario's ubiquitous across genres now. The only thing I think that's missing is like a Mario shooter game, which they're probably never going to do. Nah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there was a Yoshi game like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got Splatoon to fill that gap anyway. So, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, we didn't mention it. Um, the foam stars we got an announcement of a game called foam stars that we mm-hmm. jokingly called k-pop i think we said k-pop uh splatoon um yeah. i have heard so many people say so many great things about it like it is actually a legitimately fun worth it experience um which i was not expecting in any way i looked at that and i'm like this looks who um but hey maybe we're wrong um but back to the pricing wise, uh, when it just went on to the the Nintendo shop, both RPG and um, Wonder are fifty nine ninety nine. Neither of them are seventy dollars games. So when Nintendo was talking about the fact that they said everything is based game by game, 
I think they were completely honest. They think Zelda was worth seventy dollars, and I, I gotta mm-hmm. be honest, I think it's definitely worth seventy dollars. Uh, <laughs> the amount of time that people can put into that game and not be like, oh, I feel like I'm doing the grind. Like obviously, if you're doing all the fucking Koroks, that's on you, man. You don't even get anything mm-hmm. for it. What's wrong with you? Um, that is a completionist thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I one hundred percent side with them on the this is where yes we've talked about game prices blah, blah 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 whatever ignoring that side of things where it shouldn't we shouldn't have games increasing in price um and all that bullshit in the sense of if i'm going to pay extra for a game this is what i want to get from that game mm-hmm. uh, that is all i'm saying about it um so yeah, maybe maybe it's because it's a 2D platformer. Maybe the next 3D, maybe the next Odyssey level Mario game is going to be a seventy dollar. Uh, but right now, Super Mario Bros. Wonder fifty nine ninety nine, uh, Super Mario RPG fifty nine ninety nine, Mario Wear Mario Wear Wario Wear Move It and Detective Pikachu only forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that see that is where Nintendo I feel like differs from a lot of the other or the other <laughs> two, where they will put out a mainline one of their games for $50. Um, yeah. Or they'll throw everybody wants you switch out for $29.99. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, games pricing is what it is. We have to exist and consume within this market. And, you know, I- I'm glad that Nintendo is, like you said, willing to release a game for fifty bucks instead of hardlining it at sixty or seventy dollars all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all. You know, really want to talk about that. Uh, I did throw on some random news. I'm gonna do the last one and then the second one because I think the second one is kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitch has been continuing to be a piece of shit. Hi, Twitch. Mm-hmm. We're on you right now. Um, we would have <laughs> left you and been over to YouTube, but you want to take $25 from us to do that. Um, so when we get our next payout, I'm going to have that set aside to maybe just straight up leave. Uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, uh, so we have been having some bigger... Twitch has had some bigger names leaving for uh, Kick, which is... In my head, it's like a conservative stream site but it's just like mm-hmm. completely run by whoever the fuck wants to i don't know um mm-hmm. i haven't heard good things about kick let's put it that way um but uh in the past week or so uh xqc well, big big twitch name has left and signed a non-exclusive contract with kick which one go good for him getting getting the money and not being stuck there and only there um whatever uh <laughs> i can't remember how much there was a the news report said how much oh yeah 100 million Whew, 100 million and doesn't <laughs> even have to stay there can do other things jesus mm-hmm. um but on top of that uh just i believe today no what day is today? Just the other day, um, everyone's favorite controversial uh, pool hot tub streamer Amaranth uh, also left for left Twitch for um, Kick. Uh, mm-hmm. Kick has been already known to be a little bit more lenient on their 
more mature content side of things. Um, mm-hmm. You can go on their site and you can immediately see a whole bunch of people that are barely wearing any clothes, playing much more risque games, um, which I, yeah. I personally don't have a problem with. It's more of as long as they are making it where it is in some way age-gated. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, good, good for them. I think they both got deals. I don't know exactly. I think she may have just said fuck it and moved over. Um, <laughs> well, a lot of these people who have moved over, I mean, they've been given quite large contracts. Oh, and by so contracts, the... I mean sums of money. <laughs> yeah, the rumor is um, thirty million. She got thirty million. Yeah, the current rumor. I mean, there hasn't been a con- confirmation. A lot of these larger streamers have gotten very, very big signing deals from Kick. Um, XQC probably got the biggest signing deal at a hundred million. Um, you know, no amount of money to sneeze at, of course. Um, at the end of the day, these are people who make their livelihoods by streaming now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are in and of themselves commodities to be traded on this streaming market. And anybody who has the capital to build a streaming platform is going to be seeking these creators out because mm-hmm. these streaming platforms make their money on viewership. And so they want to take those viewers from other platforms as quickly and efficiently as possible. And for kick in this case, it's all about ROI, right? It's, we're going to pay you this amount of money. So we, ex- there's probably stipulations that are contracts of, all right, we expect you to be streaming, you know, consistently on these days at these times when we're, when our algorithm tells us peak viewership is coming in so we can collect on that ad revenue and make all that money back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I mean, this sounds so much like we we just went through this not maybe like five six years ago. So I don't remember. Time has no meaning. Um, with uh, oh god, what was the streaming platform that Facebook bought? Oh, I forgot. It was like the Xbox thing, and now I oh, can't Mixer. remember. Mixer, thank you. Jeez, uh, Mixer did the same thing. I think they signed exclusive contract with was it Ninja at the time? Um, yeah. Obviously, everything kind of went to shit. Sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish we had a streaming service or a streaming competitor for Twitch. Uh, mm-hmm. That wasn't YouTube. It's not that I don't like YouTube. It's just I would love to get away from would... the ones that already <laughs> exist. Um, well, I mean, they all exist under the same model at the end of the day, which is we want you to stream and bring in viewers so we can make ad revenue. Yeah. That's really where it is. I would love to see a streaming platform that was more independent. Um, there's a great one that isn't focused on gaming content. Uh, two of them actually Nebula and curiosity stream, which are partners. And they essentially take a lot of the people who like video essays and stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And those people make, you know, uncut versions or extended editions or even special documentaries specifically for those platforms, but it's all creator driven everybody who is on that platform has part ownership of nebula and curiosity stream that's cool um uh so but yeah you know get, go get get what they say get that bag um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm white uh, <laughs> um speaking of speaking of white dudes on the internet um Nate, have you heard the kind of unexpected and out-of-nowhere news from some classic YouTubers? I have not, actually. Smosh is now owned, once again, by the original creators of Smosh. 
Yeah. The original creators of Smosh <laughs> essentially bought their company yeah. back. <laughs> Anthony and Ian repurchased uh, Smosh back from um, a majority holding back from Rhett and Link. Um, they are still going to be working in the same space. They aren't moving or anything like that, but it, they are now the so, not the sole owners, but the majority owners of their company once again, uh, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Um, I, I'm excited to see what they decide to do with it moving forward. Uh, yeah. I I was never the biggest Smosh person back in the day. I do. They are some of the content that I'll just randomly throw on every now and then because they, they are entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. I like that they do a whole eat it or eat it thing where it's like, <laughs> I fucked with, I, I fucked with some of this food, ha 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 ha, um, mm-hmm. and it's like in a good way instead of like how late night TV hosts are like eat this dish from a foreign country that you think looks disgusting, ha <laughs> ha. Let's make fun of other cuisines in the world, um, mm-hmm. and even when they do like they do have specific episodes focusing on world cuisine cuisines it's usually paired mm-hmm. with a member of the team that is from that their their lineages from that their family cooks these things and they will do the good ones and they will still fuck up the things just to fuck with the people it's done mm-hmm. like i guess with more respect i guess is the best way to put it <laughs> i don't know um it's funny i highly recommend you it it's... rat poison in your dish yeah oh no <laughs> god nothing like that usually it's that uh that uh spite that oh, what is it the sour stuff the super sour stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah anyway Nate, is there anything uh, else you want to talk about before we peace the folk out well sure there, there's something that that part of a niche community I'm in is related to the story of Smosh buying their platform back. Um, Linus Sebastian, a couple weeks ago, or actually a month ago at this point, um, stepped down as CEO of Linus Tech Tips, um, which is his YouTube channel. Linus Tech Tips is probably the biggest single tech channel on YouTube. Um, Watching a lot of his content is what got me into building a PC and learning how to build one. And just learning about tech in general. Um, he, I learned from his video on Starlink how Starlink actually works. Oh, wow. <laughs> but um, a lot of great entertaining tech content is what he does. Um, but he has talked about retiring in the past from his position at Linus Tech Tips. Yeah, it looks like he's been talking about it since 2020. Yeah. And I mean, it's he's the subject of an infamous meme because of that video. But, oh, God. Um, <laughs> Um, he, uh, has stepped down as CEO of Linus Media Group, which is his media group. He built this thing over a decade of just working on YouTube from the ground up, has hired many people, has a massive media company at this point, and has now stepped down as CEO. That doesn't mean he's retiring. He has moved to a new position in his own company now, Mm -hmm. which he calls chief vision officer. Yeah. And there was a lot of rumors about, oh, well, we knew he was stepping down you know, they thought like, oh, well, someone just bought him out and he was just going to sell off all Linus Media Group. He didn't do that. And he makes it explicit in his new video where he has had tons of offers. And we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars to buy out Linus Media Group. He could have just wow. left at any time and been set up for life. Never have to work another day. But he decided that's not the best course for his company. Um, he's still involved in videos. He even recently put one out with him in it. Um, he's still sort of driving all of the creative juices of the company. That's his job now is to say like, this is our, he's basically the style guide for the company. (laughs) Um, But he did 
sign it over to a new CEO who takes care of that executive work, right? Who decides like who's getting hired, who's getting fired, you know, who's getting paid what at the end of the day, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's from what I've seen has been better for the channel. He's able to focus more on the creative side of it, make the content he wants to make with the people he wants to make it with. Um, he is still very much quote unquote in charge of this company at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like he still gets to make ultimately decisions of what content gets put out and what doesn't. Yeah. It sounds like the um, chief vision uh, officers mm -hmm. basically I have control of the vision of the company kind of thing like yeah. where we're going with the company nobody can change change that but other people are going to be in charge of the normal day-to-day kind of okay. stuff yeah and it wasn't an easy decision for him to make either so he spent a lot of time just considering the people he's worked with in the past and who would make a good fit as a CEO for his company um I mean, I've sent applications, I've sent like resumes to Linus Media Group. Like I would move to Canada to work for this company if I had to. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's just, it's interesting to see that YouTubers now, big YouTubers are making these changes. Smosh buying back their company, Linus stepping down from this. Um, there's a lot, a lot of large media groups all over YouTube um, that have built up from independent creators, essentially just networking and joining together and saying, hey, we need one cohesive sort of thing to bind us together um and so it's just it's interesting to see how youtube has evolved over this years from you know essentially what started out as a platform for that was unhinged and a whole lot of shit posting to something now that has built legitimate companies over the course of history yeah uh and i mean we've talked about uh, or i have talked about kind of funny uh, often just because that they create some of my favorite content um mm -hmm. and some of my go-to like gaming news content uh, but they are a group that started, they were all, majority of them were IGN or had their own other things, and they've all left IGN, left their own personal stuff and come over here, uh, especially most recently, or more recently, yeah, um, Blessing Adeoye Jr. had, mm -hmm. uh, oh my god, uh, my mind is blanking on what his, his group was, I was just watching him talk about that the other day, um, but he left that to join this. He was doing stuff on his own with his little group, and they moved over to, or he moved over to joining Kind of Funny, and uh, has been fantastic and has made some of the best content that they've added. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the Blessing Show. I think you may have watched the. Uh, he had the whole uh, episode talking about hair, uh, black hair mm -hmm. in video games. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. He is one of those people that's like, hey, you came from YouTube and have gotten and joined the bigger groups, and now you're part of this, this still completely independent group that is being supported by the fans, uh, and obviously mm -hmm. ad revenue kind of stuff too. But yeah, um, yeah, that's great. I love seeing that, and I hope we get that continues. I love seeing them being able to run on their own and not have to rely on a bigger company. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting looked at. <laughs> you are being being peeked at <laughs> yeah uh it's probably because we've been running for over two hours yeah. um but yeah uh awesome news congrats to them congrats to linus for being able to basically continue his life but live a little bit less stressful i guess is the best way to put it um mm -hmm. taking some of that stress off he's still gonna be stressed off he's still running a company to a certain extent uh but yeah, um, mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, hey. Uh, that's right. I almost forgot, Nate. <laughs> it's time for No Context Recommendations. No Context Recommendations. All right, Nate. So what is your No Context <laughs> Recommendation? Well, first, I'll just start by telling you where to look for it. Um, look on YouTube and Spotify for Coast Contra. Coast Contra. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, this isn't specifically connected to it, but just because it kind of falls into the category of a thing. Um, there's a new Doja Cat song that I just keep playing on repeat. It's really fucking good. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I know people are a little split on their feelings on Doja Cat. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, just because I, I didn't mention it because it's not something new, new or anything. Um, I don't think I've said anything. It's just more the fact that I, I got back to it and I'm like, yeah. Uh, if you haven't, check out, check out the Orville. It is, yes. I can talk <laughs> to Nate about it after the fact, but just in general, mm-hmm. it's yes. Um, if you're looking for that, I'm okay with clarifying that part. Disney Plus has it. Um, so yeah, that's, thank you for some, some no context recommendations. This has been no context recommendations. All right. Well, Hey, thank you again for joining us on a, God damn it. We are really bad at making short episodes of this, um, on another episode <laughs> of space time talk out. Uh, as always, if you like what you hear, what we say, what you see, what we do, um, find us on all the social media, just search space time taco. Uh, you can support us directly, um, either with that stupid Amazon Prime thing and doing the Twitch Prime because it's free. You can give money directly, or you can use the thing that you already have. Um, no additional cost, not free. That's what I should say. They're already paying for a mm-hmm. subscription service, but they, with for no additional cost, you can support us. Um, but for an additional cost, you can support us at patreon.com slash spacetime taco. You can support us on Kofi. Kofi, it's like kofi.com slash spacetime taco. I don't know. Their email, their website is weird. Um, and we're going to have boom, boom. All that's going to be on the screen like normal. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me everywhere at Time Lord Burrito. If you want to find Nate, you can find him only. He's technically still on Twitter, but he just doesn't answer anymore. Um, you can find him on Instagram at mm-hmm. Time Lord. Nope. I'm Time Lord Burrito. <laughs> you can find him at a little teapot 89. 89. Yes. They're going to be very surprised when we look up Time Lord Burrito and see it's a white guy on there. It's a, wait, he's <laughs> everywhere. This white man's everywhere. Um, I can give you a list of other other white guys with beards, glasses, and, and a podcast, and you'll be confused. Who's who? Um, yeah. They'll all be Kim's type, is what they said. <laughs> uh, no, you already said you don't find Greg Miller attractive. I know. Okay. Um, anyway, go inside and play video games. <laughs>